Time now for the first half of your evening news here on KCIM. This is Abby Ward reporting. The Coon Rapids Baird Education Foundation is hosting its 8th annual trivia night on Saturday, February 17th to raise funds for the school district's teacher grant program. The event begins at 6.30 p.m. and will consist of 10 rounds of trivia questions, games, and prizes. Keely Sandin, who sits on the board of directors for the foundation, has been assisting in organizing this event since it began and says this is the largest fundraiser for the year for the teachers who work at CRB. So all of the proceeds for this night go towards our teacher grant program that the foundation has. And basically what that is, we give away probably about $15,000 a year for things that our faculty need that the district wouldn't otherwise be able to provide. It has There has to be an academic tie, but it's you know, in a small district, it's important for our teachers to be able to have the extras and things that they wouldn't otherwise be able to fund. This year's theme is all about cartoons, and Sandin encourages individuals and teams to participate in dressing up. They can do anything as long as it's about cartoons. And like our board, since this year we're going to be Care Bears, we all are a different Care Bear because we like to have fun too. So the board and all the volunteers dress up um, each year within the theme as well. The costumes are awesome. I mean, it's just so much fun to watch people come in. I mean, people go all out. We give out prizes for best dress. So we do best dressed individual, and then we do best dressed teams. A silent auction will also be held with items that were donated to the CRB Education Foundation. A cash bar will be available throughout the night, and something new this year, a sweet support shop dessert bar for a free will donation. Our local bakers all got together. They are going to all bake some donuts, cupcakes, cake balls, cookies. All of those are donated Those interested in registering a team need to fill out a registration form and send the $240 payment to Sandin by February 15th. The form and the address to send the required materials can be found with this story at carolbroadcasting.com. The Coon Rapids Baird Education Foundation 8th Annual Trivia Fundraiser is scheduled for Saturday, February 15th. Lutheran Services in Iowa with an office in Denison will receive a $25,000 grant from Intelligen Community Initiative Award. The Strengthening Families and Community Social Determinants of Health Grant will support LSI to continue to promote its Early Childhood Home Visitation Program, which provides support and parent education to at-risk pregnant women and to families with children from birth to five years old, to encourage positive development and safe, healthy families. TCI Executive Director Matt McCarvey says TCI focused on supporting nonprofits who are working to decrease health disparities and create innovative solutions to increase physical, mental, and social health as and well-being for families as well as youth. LSI was one of 18 nonprofit organizations that received this award. Other Iowa organizations include the Catherine McCauley Center, Family Incorporated, Iowa Black Doula Collective, and Visiting Nurse Association of Pottawatomie County. The Iowa Department of Public Safety released a statement today in regards to the sports wagering investigation after being accused of improperly investigating the sports betting of college athletes without obtaining a warrant. 
IDPS stated that the Division of Criminal Investigation and themselves are tasked to monitor sports betting, enforcing Iowa's gambling laws, according to Iowa Code Section 80.25a. IDPS claims the department utilized tools that are offered to regulate and enforce these laws as established by regulations. Iowa Administrative Rule 491-13.5 states that sport books are required to be able to locate and monitor the location of all players that are betting and Iowa Sports Section 99F.7a states that sports wagering licensees are to prohibit all individuals participating in authorized sporting events that allow wagering from gambling themselves. By using the software program provided by the IDPS and the DCI from these licensees, it assists with identifying abnormalities that suggest suspicious or criminal activity. The IDPS stated the department discussed with legal counsel before using the tools provided to ensure the correct procedure of the technology's usage was followed before the decision was made to file charges. The IDPS says they believe the evidence was obtained in a constitutionally permissible manner and that they always strive to uphold the laws and constitutions of the United States and the state of Iowa. A Jefferson man has been arrested and charged with kidnapping following a statewide Amber Alert, high-speed pursuit, and standoff in northwest Iowa yesterday. Authorities issued the Amber Alert at approximately 3.40 p.m. out of Greene County after 34-year-old Brandon Duong removed his son, 7-year-old Bryson Duong, from the Greene County Elementary School in Jefferson around 1 p.m. Duong is the boy's biological father, but he no longer had custody of his son following a December court order. The Iowa State Patrol located Duong's 2015 Toyota Tacoma about an hour after the alert was issued leading to a high-speed chase that reached over 100 miles per hour. The truck left the road near Remsen around 5.30 p.m. and Duong fled on foot with his son. Officials say Duong had a rifle and refused to surrender, leading to about a -a two-and-a-half-hour standoff. He eventually laid down his rifle and Duong and his son were transported to a Sioux City hospital to be treated for minor injuries. Brandon Duong is being held in a Plymouth County jail on charges of first-degree kidnapping, a Class A felony in Iowa that carries a penalty of life in prison without the possibility of parole. And that has been a look at the first half of your evening news here on KCIM. We'll be back with more right after these messages. St. John Paul II Parish invites you to their annual Staley's Chicken Dinner. It's this Sunday from 4 to 6.30 at the St. Lawrence Collison Hall. Serving Staley's Chicken, mashed potatoes, gravy, homemade salads, and more. Adults just $14, kids 3 to 11 for $8, and kids 2 and under eat free. Carryout is available in the Narthex for $14 each, and for drive through go to the north side of St. Lawrence Church. Staley's Chicken Dinner this Sunday at St. Lawrence. Everyone is welcome. It's a lunch and learn. Be smart, know your heart at Stewart Memorial Community Hospitals Conference Center on Tuesday, February the 6th at 12 noon. Rachel Judish, she's a therapy services director and speech language pathologist. Also on hand will be Shelly Hammond, RN, and Sarah Mowry, part of the Stewart Memorial Community Hospitals cardiac rehab team. A delicious lunch will be served, only $10 at the door. Learn more about how the cardiac department can help. RSVP for the lunch and learn as soon as possible by calling Hannah at 712-464-4214. 
Time now for the second half of your evening news here on KCIM. But before we get into a look at that, let's take a look at a quick weather forecast and some weather facts. So tonight we're looking at mostly cloudy skies with a low around 33. Tomorrow there's going to be some patchy fog between 7 and 10 a.m. Otherwise it's going to be mostly cloudy with a high near 49. Thursday night, mostly cloudy with a low around 34. Friday night, mostly cloudy with a high near 45. Breezy with gusts as high as 23 miles per hour. And Friday night, it's going to be mostly cloudy with a low around 38. Yesterday's high was 41 degrees and yesterday's low was 24. Sorry, I do not have a time recorded for those. Uh, sunrise tomorrow will be at 7.33 a.m. And record high was set back in 50, uh, 2003 at 56 degrees. We did hit 51 today, so we're getting close. Not quite there, but we are getting close. And record low was negative 20 set back in 2019. And thank goodness we are far away from that. And back in 2015, we had 7 inches of snow on the ground. I am also glad we do not have that much snow anymore. I mean, we did, but with this beautiful weather that we've been having, that did decrease. Now, let's take a look at your evening news. Yesterday, District 11 Representative Brian Best of Glennon welcomed local FFA members to the Iowa House for the 39th Annual Legislative Symposium and FFA Day at the Capitol. The program, hosted by the Iowa FFA Association, was created to build character and promote citizenship, volunteerism, and patriotism in its members. Students from the Glidden-Ralston and Tri-Center chapters met with BEST to learn about the legislative process, discuss issues facing the agricultural industry, and encourage their representatives and senators to continue supporting ag education and the FFA. Over 700 students from 100 chapters throughout Iowa attended Tuesday's symposium. Photos from the students' visit can be found included with this story on our website. The reforms to Iowa's area education agencies proposed by Governor Kim Reynolds at the beginning of the 2024 session are getting significant overhauls after pushback from teachers, parents, and school administrators opposed to the bill. At the beginning of January, Reynolds announced her plan to return the AEAs to their original mission of providing special education services. Reynolds says there is an unacceptable achievement gap among students who often most utilize AEA services. The system as it stands today is failing our students with disabilities. And when you look at, there's a lot of data that can point to that. On the NAEP score, the national score, we actually ranked 30th and below in 9 out of 12 assessments for the last five years. And then if you look at our state assessment in spring of 2023, our students with disabilities actually scored a 41% proficiency gap with students with disabilities and all other students. And then we can you know, point to the U.S. Department of Education who has since 2018 classified Iowa as designated us as needs assistance. Iowa spends about $5,300 per student above the national average, and Reynolds says that makes the low scores worse by comparison. Her initial bill would have removed many AA services not associated with special education, such as staff professional development and media services. Reynolds says her proposal seeks accountability for those tasked with educating Iowa's children. 
We should be looking continually, evaluating, just like a business does, how we provide these services, what are the cost of these services, is there innovative ways that we can do them better, and most importantly, we should have metrics and we should be measuring them against the outcomes that we're getting. Every single data point says we're failing these kids. We can do better. And it's not a fact of pouring more money into the system because we're already spending more than the national average, yet we're getting poor results. Reynolds says she has heard Iowans' concerns about her initial reformal proposal and is putting forward significant amendments to the legislation. She says nearly all of the AEA's offered services will continue, but the school districts will be in the driver's seat when it comes to where the funding goes. Current Iowa laws say the school function has a pass-through for state and federal funding to the AEA's. Reynolds says elected school boards will now have more say on how that funding is used. We are the only state in the country that takes all of the funding. So for this year, it's $529 million into the special education pot. And we're the only state that takes that funding and we bypass the school districts and give that directly to the AEA. That's state and that's federal and that's special education services and media all goes directly to the AEA. And then we mandate that the schools use the AEA for those services. So if you're happy with the services that you're getting, you know, that's great. But if you happen to be not satisfied with the services and what you're receiving, then you should have an option. But the really concerning thing that we discovered in all of this, no school district, no school board member has any idea what they're paying for these services. According to Reynolds, the Carroll Community School District receives about $1.1 million in federal and state special education funding. Reynolds says under her new proposal, the district could spend $900,000 of that money with the local AEA, but hold on to the remaining $200,000 to pay special education teachers a higher salary, hire additional paraeducators, or utilize services in the community. She says the decision-making power is returned to local school officials, which is a critical part of her reform. Legislators in the House and Senate are scheduled to review the proposed changes this week. Governor Kim Reynolds made her comments during an interview with Carol Broadcasting this morning. The House and Senate bills are included with this story on our website. There is a small window of opportunity to submit applications for the latest round of the Popular Assistant to Firefighters grant program. The application period is now open and closes on Friday, March 8th. Region 12 Council of Governments staff members will be available to help with application preparation at no charge, but they have provided some suggestions on where departments should begin with the process. The first step is to update their SAM.gov registration, which must be renewed annually. Without this step, the department will automatically be disqualified for a grant. Each department should review equipment, gear, and vehicle needs and include this assessment with the application. Successful candidates will describe the condition of current equipment and detail why an update is necessary. Region 12 also suggests including an informal cost quotation for the replacement of items. If an award is presented, formal bidding will be conducted. In fiscal year 2023, there were more than 7,000 applications for the Assistant to Firefighters grant, but only 1,708 were distributed. Details on gathering additional information or requesting assistance from Region 12 Council of Governments staff are included with the story on our website. 
And that has been a look at your evening news here on KCIM. This has been Abby Ward reporting. Have a great evening.